Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download DraftKings Sportsbook, you can use promo code DNVR, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's with promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I am Patrick Lyons. I am Susie Hunter. And I am Susie Hunter. Let's do this. <laughs> and look who we have. Well, we've got Brendan Vote and we've got Coco Montes of the Albuquerque Isotopes. Coco, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, thank you for having me on. We're excited to talk to you. I know Patrick has talked to you a lot. I haven't, so I'm stoked to get to know you. Um, I mean, Albuquerque, you're having a good time down there, right? You're having a great season. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, things are going my way as of lately, and... We just had a big week, got a series win, and hopefully uh, we can keep it rolling. Now, Albuquerque has, okay, I have an official petition to change the name from the Isotopes to the Grand Slam Factory because there are 11 Grand Slams down there this year. You've contributed to that number. What is clicking down there for you guys? Uh, we just got a really good lineup of hitters. We can we hit, there's always people on base, so that's when the Grand Slams come. You know, we get guys on base and uh, – the big hitters come up and we hit grand slams. I think we have 11. We broke the record this week. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's a lot already with, you know, less than, than two months to play. So uh, you guys are on pace to, to hit even more than that. That's that's so impressive, um, especially with, what's so interesting, too, because, you know, you experienced this last year in, in Hartford as well as a little bit at the start of the year. The differences between a pitcher-friendly league, like the Eastern League where Hartford plays, and double A and triple A in the Pacific Coast League in Albuquerque. I mean, those have to be two major extremes that you have to adjust to very quickly, whether you're a hitter or a pitcher, right? Uh, definitely. I would say the the level of competition within the pitching here, there's definitely a tick above, but just like the friendliness of the ballparks, it helps a lot. You know, there's a little bit of a leeway there in Hartford. There's a lot of parks where, like in Hartford, uh, the center field wall has only been, they've only been a home run over that three times, I think, in the park's history. So, yeah, definitely a, a hitter's league over here. But the level of competition is definitely still still very good. I mean, yeah, Hartford also has a very much, a much shorter history than the Isotopes who are celebrating their 20th year. Is that right? Is that the math on it? I believe so. I think we had a... Uh, they gave it, we had a promotion the other night and it was 20th anniversary or something. Oh yeah. The beer Stein. Yeah. That's what it was. 
That was a Someone good one. needs to get me one of those beer steins. I have an older one. I want the twentieth anniversary one. I could. I'll talk. I'll talk to Maxwell. Yeah, tell tell Sushan to get me one. <laughs> Will do. So Coco, I I do want to talk about this weekend, but on a scale of one to ten, Brendan, I'm putting you on the spot. Our man vote here. Any resemblance to Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad? Because he was there over the weekend for an amazing charity fundraiser. Raised over $100,000 on a scale of 1 to 10. Brenda, I mean, are you getting any Aaron Paul? Yeah, I see it. it. I see it. Coco looks like he uh, keeps himself in better shape and health than Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad, which is how I know him. He looks a little more uh, put together. But, yeah, I see it, man. It's that boy next arm door charm right there. And Coco, what Coco, what about Brendan? Do you think Brendan's got the Aaron Paul vibes? I could see it. I could see it. it. I'll take Definitely. it. Uh so, yeah, did you did you get to you got to meet them, I'm sure. Uh what was it like down there? That just seemed like a really fun Saturday you guys had. Yeah, it was awesome. I was a big fan of the show and I actually played that day and they came in kind of late to the locker room, so I was already getting warmed up. So I just got to kind of shake their hand and tell them that I was a big fan, but it was cool seeing them interact with the crowd, the first pitch, singing the seventh inning, take me out to the ball game. So it was cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So you're in Albuquerque now, different uh, environment than a lot of places that a lot of folks have lived. You're, let's just say you're in a desert. What's that been like for you? You have adjustments in baseball, but in your life as well. Uh, what's it been like for you living there? Uh, it's definitely different. I've gotten used to it a little bit just cause I go to spring training every year, Arizona, sure. the desert, but, uh, this is the first time. Oh, I actually grand junction too. my first year in rookie ball was pretty desert. Like, so I'm kind of gotten used to it. I still would say I prefer the, the East coast trees and, and lakes. Like there's, there's no water body of water and nothing in Albuquerque. So that, that was the one thing when the all-star break came, I was like, trying to look for a lake or something they're all like three hours away but <laughs> other than that i i don't mind it i enjoy the desert it's good the weather's good right now it, the rain comes for a little bit but it cools off so it's nice yeah you mentioned right. grand junction and i and i think when we talked in spring training that was one of the the interesting things i floated out there was that you're kind of in in the last class of of people that you know got a chance to experience those short season leagues you know Boise Hawks and, and Grand Junction Rockies, they've kind of gone away. So you were in both Grand Junction and you had some time in Asheville. And, and again, one of the one of the last guys to to go through there before, you know, they switched over to Lancaster and uh, things started getting mixed up. Well, what were some of your memories of the, the low levels of the minors, either in Grand Junction uh, or Asheville, North Carolina? Uh, Grand Junction will always be one of my favorite years just because it was my first professional season and we actually went to the championship that year. So it was... It was fun. We got to clinch playoffs, got to celebrate all those things. So that was always a special year. Asheville, I loved. I loved that city. That was an awesome place to play at. Fans are cool. Stadium was nice. A lot of things to do on our off days. And uh, I think I was actually the last uh, on the last Rockies team there because then the next year was COVID, and then they switched. But uh, yeah, those lower levels, I enjoyed them a lot. You know, I learned. I learned a lot about myself first time playing that many games versus that level of competition. So it was fun. How nice is that ballpark to McCormick field? I've never been to it. It's, it's low key, like a, a very historic facility that's been around for a while. I don't know if it's, it's a hundred years, but I mean, we're, we're kind of getting to that point. 
Uh, just beautiful. It's got trees all in the background. Uh, it's, it's a destination. I think if you're doing a road trip, you might have to put that on there. If you go through North Carolina, would you agree to that? No doubt. Asheville and that park is an amazing place. Hidden gem in North Carolina, for sure. Yeah, Asheville's a place that I definitely want to go to because I've heard nothing but good things, especially from guys who've come through the Rockies organization. And I'm sad that it's no longer part of the Rockies experience. Tell me about Asheville because I've heard some some great things. I've heard some weird things. Uh, it's definitely different town. It's kind of like a, a, little, a little hippie mountain town is what people like to describe it as. But uh, the stadium was nice. It was a w- weird dimensions. We had like a really short right field. So the game was played a little different. A lot of runs scored. Uh, you got to play the wall. The city was also nice. A lot of breweries. I think it's uh, the most breweries in the United States or something like that. Something like your that. City. And uh, the fans are good. The stadium wasn't very big as like how many fans it could fill. But it always seemed packed because – there wasn't that many seats and there was always a good amount of people going, especially on the Thursdays. We had the thirsty Thursdays. It was always, always rowdy on those days. <laughs> yeah. That sounds rowdy. <laughs> no doubt. Asheville is like, Asheville is, is North Carolina's version of, of Boulder. Like when I got to Boulder, oh. I started learning more about like the weird places. Like, Hey, you know, keep Austin weird. Okay. Boulder's weird. And then Asheville's weird. I was like, Oh man, I, I left the East coast and there already kind of was, a weird place there. So I haven't been, been to it either, but I imagine, you know, it'll kind of be uh, similar vibes there as well. Definitely. You definitely got to check it out. I can't imagine, I can imagine it's grown over the last couple of years. I haven't been there since I actually took a trip out there during COVID that summer that my se- our season got canceled with a couple of my friends from home. Cause I wanted to show them a little bit of Asheville, but it was a great city. I like that place a lot. How long of a drive was that for you to get to Asheville from Florida, from Miami? <laughs> so I left from Orlando because that's okay. where my friend uh, lived. It was like 10 hours, something like that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's a long drive. When, I know to Miami is maybe 13 and then from Orlando is like 10 or 9, something like that. Yeah. Oh, we got a okay. We got a comment. We've got Coco fans in here. Uh, Christopher wants to know. Well, he said it's great to hear from you, Coco. You're a guy who has consistently improved at each level. What do you see as your key to success each time you jump to a higher level of competition? Great question, Christopher. Um, I would say it's just being able to evaluate myself after every year and uh, putting a plan together in the off season to to get better on the things that I know I need to get better on. After every year, I just, I've been lucky enough to stay healthy and I get to play a lot of games. And when you play a lot of games, you get a lot of stats and numbers that show you you're good at this, you're bad at this, you need to do. And then I talk to my trainers at home and we, we create a plan to, to get better at those things. And I'm gonna continue to do that until my career is over. I'd imagine that's, that's kind of a hard thing to do on the fly in the season, sort of tweaking with your approach, your game plan. So is that really, is the off season really maybe the best time to try to remodel or retool as a hitter? Uh, definitely. So the best practice is games because hmm. you're getting the best uh, experience. Those at bats, you can't really, it's hard to replicate them in the off season when you're facing these pitchers, but we do a good job of 
the technology nowadays and machines and things like that, you could kind of replicate it. But basically the season is just used for learning. I make little tweaks throughout the season as needed, but the off season is really when I uh, retool and revamp everything to, to make myself a better version. You mentioned now- that ability to stay healthy. That's something that in the, in the sabermetric community and, and looking at all these crazy things that get invented each and every day, there's not a ton of value that's put on being healthy and, and showing up, right? And posting. That's one of the things uh, that, you know, it's one of the reasons why we might not see a, a guy have 3,000 hits in a while because, you know, there's not that focus on being healthy every day. Again, you, you do that so incredibly well. Another thing you do is uh, I feel like you, you stay within yourself and, and, and you don't try to, to focus on some of those uh, newfangled statistics and stats, if you will. You know, a lot of doubles uh, early on in your career and slowly but surely they're, they're turning into home run numbers. And that's one of the biggest pieces of advice is I feel like a lot of young guys in your position is don't try to really hit for power. Those doubles will eventually turn into home runs for you. And, and you've got plenty of doubles that could turn into plenty of homers here uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta understand that you can't try to do too much. As long if you're doing your your job in the weight room in the off season and you're putting on weight, those home runs are gonna come. Mm-hmm. If you stay at 160 pounds when you're like most guys do when they're drafted, yeah, the home runs might not come. But if you get in the weight room and you get bigger, stronger, faster, the game is gonna reward you. Now, one thing I've heard about you, so I know you're having. You're, you're on fire right now. You were slumping a little bit earlier this season, but one thing I heard about you is that you are the same guy if you're crushing it and you're the same guy if you are slumping. Is that is that a mindset thing? What goes into you kind of working through those tougher times in a season? Uh, it just came with experience. I wasn't always that way. Mm. I've had my breakdowns like most baseball players have had throughout my uh, career. But as I've gotten older, talking with our mental skills coaches, just understanding that I have to be positive that this game, if I'm having a good year with a 350 on-base percentage, I'm still failing 65% of the time. Right. So I have to be able to deal with failure. And that's basically the, the thing that breaks a lot of baseball players throughout their career is, is failure. Most guys or a lot of guys, they can't deal with it. And then the ones that do learn how to deal with it, they, uh, they stick around. And also the most important thing is we got to win. So who cares if I'm over 30, if we're winning or losing. That's a good point. Yeah. It's not, it's not a Coco Montez game. It is a team sport. Yeah. Also, okay, so we got to ask, we're calling you Coco. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and guess that's not the birth name. Correct me if I'm wrong. What's the origin there? How did, how did we get to Coco? So I come from a Cuban family. My grandparents are from Cuba. When I was a baby, they shaved my head, and my grandfather would call me Coco Liso, which is just like a joking way to call a bald person, and it ended up sticking. I, just, <laughs> I was, could remember I was Coco. That's great. It's going to be tough when you start losing your hair, but you seem like you're doing fine. So, <laughs> I think I think I, I think I'm good for for a couple more years. At least I think I've got 10, 20 years still with this hair. It might get white, but I think I'll it'll stay on. I got some thick hair. Yo, congratulations. Not everyone can say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was blessed with that one. 
So blessed. <laughs> you, so blessed. You you mentioned the uh, the the Cuban background. Did you get a chance in spring training? I know you were uh, you had a little time, you know, working with Bud Black, of course, uh, in in some of the games as a late substitution in spring training. Did you get a chance to to talk with Jose Iglesias at all? He obviously you know came over from Cuba and. Uh, if you've had an opportunity to to talk with players uh, like him or 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 just others who've uh, emanated from Cuba originally, uh, in in spring training, I talked to Jose just a little bit, like in the hot tub, things like that. Just because he was in big league camp, I was in minor league camp, we never really got to to train together. But uh, definitely a lot of there's a lot of Cuban uh, baseball players in Miami in the off season. I get to talk to a lot of them, and usually the Latin guys are always very nice with me. I'm a Latin guy, so we kind of hang out, stick together, talk our game, things like that. But Jose Iglesias is actually uh, – I've been looking up to Jose Iglesias since I was in high school, since I can remember, since he was with the Tigers. Because sh- I'm a shortstop Cuban. I've always wanted to be a shortstop in the major leagues or just an infielder. So I've always been a big fan of his, and I was excited to see him uh, work and do his thing in spring training this year. That's awesome. He is so popular. He is so low-key popular on this team, I feel like, uh, in, in so many of the right ways. And so uh, it's interesting because we got the trade deadline. He's like one of those guys. And boy, I mean, you understand what happens in, in this uh, business because it is a business. But at the same time, you go, man, what a great guy to, to have in the clubhouse. So that's really cool. Um, you have them around. Got any uh, positive words? I'm sure it's not going to be hard for a guy like Wynton Bernard because he's another one of those players where – in the clubhouse, that positivity. Hey, he could be going over 30, but he is going to be the first one on the top step, it seems like, patting you on the butt, saying like, hey, great job, Coco, doing whatever it is. Yeah, How great is it to have a guy like him around who has the experience that he does? Went is awesome. Uh, he has been so nice to me ever since I first met him in spring training. He's a great teammate, one of the hardest workers I've seen, always in there in the cage, just – swing after swing, trying to figure things out. And it's just so nice to see uh, all the work he's put in just really show this year. He's, he's in my eyes, he's the best player in this league. And there's, there's no doubt about it. He goes out there every day and he does, he helps us win games. He tracks balls down in center field like no other. And every day is two, three hits, five RBIs. He's, he's an amazing player and an amazing person. We've been calling it the Bernie Boy Summer up here. It it is. I I've kind of gotten used to it now since I've been playing with him for seventy games. Like it's not nor it's just normal to me. But then I every now and then I just look at the scoreboard and I see his stats and I'm just like, wow, that is insane what he's been doing. So we've got you here at a time when I think what it's like to be a minor league baseball player is under as much discussion as it's ever been. Just wanted to give you maybe an open floor. Are there any misunderstandings big misconceptions that maybe grind your gears as a player or is there anything you want to get off your chest about the experience that's under the spotlight right now um i think they've made a big step forward in covering our housing i think that helps a lot i think uh they could still do a little more you know help us out the off season is where really things really start uh showing like the salary that we make is not really enough because right. uh, in the off season I work still, I, I do other things on the side to make sure I can pay for training and things like that. But you know, the money it's in the big leagues. And if you love the game, you're going to play no matter what. So I've been, I haven't really complained. I've 
was making like $500 a week when I was in Asheville. So, and paying for my own housing and still grinded it out. But I think there could be some changes. And I think in the near future, things will change for the next job that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, crazy changes happening with the minor leagues. That is a good point, though, that, you know, so many guys would – they, they play the game because they love to. And I feel like maybe that's taken advantage of a little bit. So I want to see you guys get compensated a little better. Now, I have an important investigative question to ask you because I heard that there's maybe some smoothie drama happening down in Albuquerque. Maybe you make smoothies for other people <laughs> and and other people are getting jealous that it's not a special thing anymore. I'm just hearing rumors and, I want, and maybe you can address them. Hi, so I usually always make a smoothie after I work out when I get to the field. And at first I had one teammate that wanted, I would always give him like the leftover of my smoothie, just basically like half a cup. I'll take a full cup. He takes half a cup. Uh, he's gone now. So then I got Winton. He always wants it. So I usually give it to him. But every now and then while I'm making the smoothie, someone will come up and be like, hey, can I get the, the leftover? And I'll give it. And then Wynn will kind of get a little mad at me for the day. But it's okay. I just told him that. I, I think. I think this week he got every single one, so he he has nothing to complain about this week. I'm a I'm a huge smoothie guy, Coco. So I before we let you go, I do need to know what goes into your smoothies. Uh, it's simple. It's just banana, blueberries, peanut butter, milk, protein powder. Nice. Yeah. What Love flavor it. protein powder though? Chocolate. Oh, smart. Okay, smart. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Maybe you need to be making bigger batches if they're so popular. Well, we have like the the magic bullet thing, so it I can't oh. really fit too much into it. We have a bigger mm-hmm. blender, but it's too much work for that one. The, the other ones. <laughs> this, I'm glad well, we got we, to the I, bottom I of this. Yeah. I think you've got enough to at least have a little food cart, a little smoothie cart. You know, on off days, if you get a day off, you know, just take it around Isotopes Park. You know, it's leftover smoothies. That's what you can call it. You and Wit and the Smoothie Boys. Look, if you got to make a couple extra bucks on the side, this is your way. This is this was an advertisement. That's really I all have, that this was. I've gotten good reviews in the locker room, so I think I think I'll be. It'll be a good little business on the side. I'm excited for these opportunities you have ahead of you, both off the field with your smoothie business and on the field. Coco, thank you so much for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me again. Yeah, thank you. Take care. Thanks, Good luck, man. What a great kid. What a great dude. What a, what a dude. great dude. <laughs> I, uh, great dude. Great I'm, smoothies. I, I'm glad oh, we got to the bottom of this. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I saw smoothies on the rundown and I got very, very, very excited. But I, I really am. Those are some of my favorite folks to talk to because one of the parts, the elements of sports that I really love, like obviously not everyone is Mike Trout or LeBron James. And a lot of people have to take the traditional route, which can include a lot of sacrificing and grinding and uh, stuff that, you know, careers that persevere because of a love for the game and an understanding of what it's like to be a pro versus maybe a star at the youth level. So those are just the coolest perspectives to me. Uh, A guy who's obviously playing well and has a bright future, but, but in, it for now has to grind away at it. So I really appreciate him taking the time talking to us. It's yeah, like one off day. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like all the ex- extremes of, of the spectrum in a sense, like you said, where, you know, 15,000 
thousand people who were at the ballpark over the weekend, you know, it, in Albuquerque, it's not no fireworks, right? It's not 4th of July. The mariachis, right. uh, they're not playing as that. So they don't have the, they're not blowing it out with all the different, you know, uh, side things that are, that are going on in that celebration. And yet they're there. He's in the middle of that lineup, posting some serious numbers. And then as soon as the game's over, stadium's quiet. No one can re- really recognize him on the street. Right. You, know, you look at your right. paycheck. It's not as big as maybe it, it should be. So, um, yeah, I, I love what he said about Wynn Bernard, too, because it, it, it reminds me a little bit of, of Josh Fuentes in 2018, not a rookie of the year in the Pacific Coast League, but he was also the MVP. And you look at the numbers that Wynn has been been posting. He's third in RBI. And this is a guy who started opening day on the bench because there were other younger options. He's 31 years old. He's in AAA, hasn't made it to the majors yet. And here he is, you know, putting up these huge numbers and stealing 26 bases. He's going to go 2020 has 17 homers right now, 22 RBI. So like he's doing it and batting 338. He is a legitimate contender for the Pacific coast league MVP. And wish I had a vote for that. Right. Get my vote. Who votes? Who votes? Brendan votes. (laughs) What is this delight right now? I I can't explain, explain enough how much I knew that was coming. Um, I really, truly did. It's so cool though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what you don't expect is all of the wonderful content that we have at the DNVR.com, right? Because we're balancing things on the fly. We're talking to folks. We're breaking down the Rockies trade deadline. 50 cents for your first month on the DNVR.com. You can read all about it. Brendan's doing things. All the Nuggets guys are tearing it up, getting ready for the season. Avs are kind of in the same boat. Broncos, we know they're at training camp, so there's a lot of stuff uh, that's behind that paywall. But Fret not, if you're a member, you get access to that. When the bar's back open, you get that member side of this beer. It's absolutely where it's popping off. Access to the members-only Discord. Make sure you tap into that at thednbr.com. Foco.com. I'm out here in California, and I'm seeing advertisements for Foco. Yeah, they make more than just the teams in Colorado. Yeah, hang on. Let's not gloss right over that. Yeah, what? let's not, let's not <laughs> gloss over that. Patrick? Is that, am I using what? 1940s? Lingo? I yes. mean, that's what it is. Yeah, you sound like you're in Madman. Mad advertisements. Madman. Advertisements. That, that's what I'm seeing. I'm I'm seeing uh, advertisements for Foco.com out here, and uh, and if anyone is watching in in the San Diego San Diego area, look, you can also use code DNVR for 10% off all the non-presale items. I'm not sure you could probably even use that code if you were getting like a Padres bobblehead or a Dodgers bobblehead. Try it, right? Have you done that before where you go to, you eat at a place or you order something and you go promo code and you go, oh, there are promo codes. And then like you do a search to try to get a discount. Have you ever done that? No, before? I just say Google? DNVR like, every time. I, yeah. Says, anytime I'm on any website, I just type in code DNVR just DNVR, to see what happens. DNVR 10, <laughs> DNVR 25. I just keep trying. <laughs> 10% off my uh, my chicken sandwich at Crack Shack, I tell you. So, oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. It, it's fantastic. Foco.com, bobbleheads, gear, avalanche, Stanley Cup, green pants, you name it, Rocky City Connect at Foco.com. Use code DNVR for that 10% off. And get $10 off when you use code DNVR. No surprise there. When you go to ivaca.tv slash DNVR, it's getting time for the frustration season. You don't have the Nuggets. You don't have the Avs. But guess what? You will with Evoca TV. You'll also, besides being able to watch 
Contavious Caldwell Pope, nice. a name that just rolls off the tongue. That's we'll right. also be able to see his counterpart, Brendan Vogt, on the DNVR Sports Channel, which is also part of Evaca TV. Evaca.tv slash DNVR. Are we excited about KCP, Brendan? We are. We genuinely are. Yeah, it's the perimeter defender. It's what the Nuggets needed. Feeling good in Nuggets land for now. For now. Knock you already, on have, wood. You already have an MPJ, though. We've got an MPJ. Now we have a KCP. Mm, That's true. I don't know it's if there's getting tricky. too many initial well, guys. Yeah. They've got uh, a Bruce Brown, a Christian Brown, uh, Jeff Green. Let's see. Any other colors? There's another one out there, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a loose pattern. Barney Rouge. I mean, he's on the he's on the Grand Rapids team, so he's more of a G League guy. But Bruce Rouge, keep an eye out for him. He's good. <laughs> he's good. It's a great name at the very least. Shout out Christopher Edmonds. Hey, thanks for helping us out with the great interview, man. Good question in there. Yeah, you you're on the beat now. Congratulations, Chris. You are a part <laughs> of the the gig. Patrick, yeah, before what do you we think? Uh, get into. Uh, our, our little trade deadline discussion, big news uh, coming out of, you know, right down the street here uh, in San Diego Padres. I'm not gonna say they're going all in yet. Cause they still have a lot of their top prospects, but they've acquired closer Josh Hader lefty mm-hmm. from the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that's also in first place. We're seeing a lot of these kind of transactions right now at the deadline, kind of just old school baseball trades. Like, look, you need a body. I need a body. Let's kind of mix and match, make that work. So Taylor Rogers, a Colorado kid who uh, I caught up with and had a wonderful story that I wanted to share with everybody the next couple of days. Now will uh, you'll have to wait for that at some point when it becomes more relevant uh, because he's not on the Padres. So who cares? Right. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, you know, they, they get hater without giving up a lot of top prospects. So they still could be in that mix. For Juan Soto, Brennan, you as a Cardinals guy, are you okay with mortgaging the future a little bit to uh, to get a guy like Juan Soto? Uh, on one hand, you want to say yes, absolutely, because the star power is there in Goldschmidt and Arenado. How long is Goldschmidt playing at this level? Uh, the whole idea here was one last hurrah for Wayno, Yachty, and, and Albert. And so I guess if you ever were going to go for it, the timing could be now. Um, on the other, I don't know how close the Cardinals actually are. A player like Juan Soto is the answer is yes every time. Um, does it does it is it enough? I don't know. I will say from the perspective of Cardinals Rockies, who anyone just with an eye on the Padres right now, that's a scary trade. I mean, I hater having somewhat of a down year, but he's still so talented. And like you said, they didn't include any of the names that have been sort of pitched around for the potential Soto package. So I think they have two roster spots left. I'm not feeling good about this as a fan of the other team in the, in the Soto sweepstakes. And Rogers was going to be a free agent at the end of this year anyway. So basically they, they took their closer and now they've got frankly a better one again, down here, as you pointed out with hater, but he's going to be back in 2023 as well. So you, you like it from, uh, from that perspective. Uh, also have Tapia going to the Dodgers. Hermen Tapia, an outfielder, a 19-year-old in Tampa Bay system, going you, to the Dodgers. Jerk. So we can pump the brakes there. We can catch our breath. And Clevenger going to Tampa Bay. Garrett Clevenger, not Mike Clevenger, who will be starting tonight for the Padres. You are it's so confusing. frustrating. You are so frustrating right now, Patrick. Um, it's so funny because right before we hopped on here, 
right after the hater news dropped, I was talking to Sam Levitt of the Padres Radio Network. And uh, he was just like, I didn't even know Hater was on the market. We were surprised. We were also just like very much processing it as it had just happened. But yeah, I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah, again, I think think it's it's an old school baseball trade because typically you see it as, you know, hey, we're out of it. So you can take the, you know, a player off our hands. We'll save a little bit of money. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, we'll lose a couple more games, get a better draft pick. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but we'll also bring back some prospects to to help our farm system. Well, this is not that, right? Uh, really only two pro- two prospects go to Milwaukee, but uh, they'll still have a closer. Taylor Rogers will, will do his job out there in Milwaukee. Uh, they also get Denilson Lament, a guy who kind of blooms off the rose just a little bit, but they get a nice little package. And so it's, it's kind of just a, a win-win type of deal. Yeah. I really thought maybe the Rockies would even be up for something like this, something creative where they're not they're not getting rid of anyone, but they're trading a major league piece for another major league piece since they don't, you know, really feel like they're out of it, but maybe they can leverage something for for next year. That remains to be seen. Bill Schmidt said nothing major, maybe something smaller. So we'll see if the the Rockies can get involved in a quote unquote baseball trade or even just a regular baseball trade. Yeah. You know what? Um, I feel like it is good news for Taylor Rogers because he'll get to come back to Coors Field in September and see his family. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of a big family of, of firefighters. Uh, and I imagine yes. when both Taylor and Tyler retire, call it a career, they will get back into the family business and be the first fifth generation firefighter in Colorado history. So uh, come from, I'm a big family. Yeah. When, uh, when I talked with Taylor, the last time the Padres were in town, you know, he kind of went in saying like, yeah, he, he, him and his brother both had plans to be firefighters all along. It's amazing that in a way that was kind of their dream. Like it was a realistic dream. And then this other like crazier dream happens and all of a sudden, whoa, it like takes off. I can imagine if like, if you have a small business in college, like, oh yeah, people just like these shirts that I make out of my dorm room. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a multi-million dollar business selling these shirts. And then you're like, I, really what I want to do is, you know, I want to, I want to start schools for uh, impoverished folks in other countries. And it's like, that's really your dream. Even though you're already living somebody else's dream, that's the Rogers brothers there for you. Like they, they've, they've got it uh, every way around and, and, and they're good dudes. And so you, you love that they're giving back to other firefighters focusing on their mental health in, in Minnesota, in Colorado. And now, you know, we'll see what happens with Taylor if, if he can get something started uh, in Milwaukee at some point. Yeah. Yeah, they have a great story. They're great dudes for sure. Love it. Love it. Um, uh, one thing I wanted to note, so we're recording this here on Monday. Patrick, you're in San Diego right now. Did you know that tonight it's Bark in the Park? It's not just Bark in the Park. It's the third Bark in the Park (laughs) that the Padres have had. And and the Rockies have had none so far. We have one coming up in September. This is number three. (laughs) Bark in the Park 3, Age of Ultron. I'm not sure if it has a subtitle like that. But that's, uh, yeah, that's amazing. I guess I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some dogs. Uh, Got had some time this morning to... 
to go for a run around Balboa Park, scope the area. Didn't see a ton of dogs. Didn't get the get the vibe that this was like a huge dog town. But you know, I imagine it is. Right? It's it's San Diego, especially anytime you're you're by the ocean or a large body of water. People love love their dogs and mm-hmm. uh, going down on the sand, playing around a little bit. So that will be uh, that will be interesting, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of puns for us to tap into. Uh, you should, bring a dog. you should bring yeah, a dog. Get, go adopt go, one. Adopt a dog and then bring him or her to yeah. the park tonight. Or like foster it just for a day, you know? Okay. So there is an app out here, and I wasn't sure what it was, uh, but I looked it up in the middle of our conversation in the last 30 seconds. It's called Pooper. And so, you know, if you need a car, you need a vehicle to get around town, you go to Uber. But if you need a dog for a day to go to Bark in the Park, Download the Pooper app. Use code DNVR, and you will get 25% off all rental leashes. That's pooper.com, code DNVR. Where am I going to get a dog from? Come on. You are, you are unhinged, Patrick. You I were like that. something else today. I bought 20% of that. I thought that was a real thing. Or I was, maybe could, I was maybe there. Pepper. Maybe it's pronounced pupper. I don't know. It was P-U-P-E-R. So maybe Pupper's it's probably pupper. better than pooper, but I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. Yeah. I think that works. I think, you know, even if you're just, if you're providing a dog with really good care, even if it's for 24 hours, that's a positive thing, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. sense. It's um, better than a night in the shelter, so. Yeah. Christopher, Look, people, that promo is seamless and it worries me. It worries me too. <laughs> Yo, we're, the, we're look, worried. We're so worried. It worries me. Well, also, I, I, I know that people invest a lot of money in their dogs because it's an extension of their family. They've got all kinds of those like milk bones and stuff that are like good for their teeth. It's almost like they're they're eating their food and brushing their teeth at the same time. Unfortunately, That's we right. don't have that as human beings. But what we do have is Green Mountain Dental Group, located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Right now, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they're going to give you a free Sonic Care toothbrush. That's, That's right. fantastic. What a value. Hashtag, or rather, uh, disclaimer, don't use it on your dog. Um, unless, you, unless you want to? I, I, I don't know. but You could. It's probably food. not the most cost-effective way to use it. No, I love mine. I've legit had the same one. I just changed the, the head out, but I've had the same one for like seven years. So I go and they, they try to hook me up and give me a freebie. And I'm like, I'm actually uh, all squared away. Let's save it for one of our DNVR members. Or again, just someone who listens to the show and knows a good deal when they get one. And they know a quality dentist. And that's Green Mountain Dental Group. Look, I got my bottle right here. I got my travel packs, athletic greens. I mean, I'm living the advertisement before I even strapped on my sneakers to go for my my jogging Balboa Park. I took one scoop of the athletic greens. There's my AG bottle. I got 75 nutrients, adaptogens, you name it. Felt fantastic because you know when you travel, eat as well and you don't monitor how, how much hydration, all that stuff. This actually kind of stabilizes me a little bit. I told you, I'm getting too much oxygen down here at sea level. It's I crazy. didn't feel well. Yeah. And once it's I had my abundance of oxygen. It's too much. It's you, too much, people. Do you find with athletic greens? Because I mean this my favorite part of the morning is still the coffee. But the next thing I'm looking forward to at this point is that twelve ounces of cold cold athletic greens. 
I, as much as I love coffee and I still get pumped for it, I kind of get more pumped maybe for like my second cup, but I, mm. I, I legit get more excited for my athletic greens because that's now my first thing and not the cup of coffee. You should also right. wait 90 minutes after you wake up before having a cup of coffee. I know most people don't do that, but you should allow your body to naturally wake up in that way. So for me, athletic greens is kind of that replacement. That gets Smart. me, you know, a little bit more clarity. Puts a pep in my step before I'm going hard on the coffee. There, I only had one cup so far today, but looking to tap in again uh, in a couple spots by the ballpark. I'm excited. Okay, let me know when this ad read is over because I have some something really important to acknowledge. I think it might be over. I never know when they start. I never know when they're over. <laughs> so just let, um, give me a hard out so I can say my piece. It's funny you you said that, and I'm like, obviously I'm done, so go ahead. But I did forgot to mention, go to athleticgreens.com/roc to take ownership over your health. That's greens.com/roc. The first three letters of Rockies, you get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Again, that's what I'm using when I'm out here. Is the travel packs? It's fantastic. He's a travel tax guy. All right. So we were talking about dogs. We've got some tremendous content going on in the. The, the comments right now. Jake Smith has come up with a couple of Rockies themed dog names. We've got Ryan McMahon's best friend. We've got CJ Bone. Rhymes with CJ Crone. We've got Armon Barquez. That's not bad. Christopher Edmonds hopped in there. Jonathan Dogza. Let's go. I'm going to get a whole litter of dogs and name them after the whole 40 man. Bud Bark. Bud nice. Bark, it's perfect. Bud like Redbone? Oh. Uh, I think that, okay, I'm already out. Yeah. Okay, these are good. <laughs> these are good. Charlie Black Labman. Oh. Yes. That would be really great. Just no, Charlie Black Lab. That's it. Charlie Black Lab. Yeah, I, I, like I think that. that's it. Yeah, Don't yeah. do too much. We can, yeah, yeah you're doing, do less, perfect. do less. <laughs> Daniel Bark. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And. <laughs> All right, so let's save some of this for, for Twitter, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Uh, you know, again, so depending on when you listen to this, if you're watching live, if you're one of the, or what are we, 1,400, 15? Wow, we're up to 1,600 now watching live. But if you only are listening to the podcast the next morning, there's even less time. I believe it's going to be 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time that the trade deadline is, is finished. So probably it's going to be 3 p.m. San Diego time. So Right around the sixth inning of the first game of a doubleheader. Yeah, there's two games on Tuesday. It's going to be wild. But that's it. Trade deadline's over. There used to be a secondary trade deadline where if a player was passed through waivers, basically if you had a guy that was on a bad contract and he passed through waivers, you could trade that guy and get back really huge prospects. Alex Rodriguez, you know, when he was in his prime, team would would put him on waivers, and if someone claimed him, they just pull him right back. It, it, was, it was an interesting workaround. That's how Justin Verlander ended up. Uh, on the Houston Astros in one of those deals. But they said, you know what? That's It's a little too wild. Just right there at the end of July, now August 2nd, it's done. And, you know, I wrote about it today on the DNVR.com, just kind of touching on it. And, you know, Rockies, say what you will, and, and, and you're looking at their record, and they're, they're 11 games under 500. They're, they're far back. They, they probably should wave the white flag on the season. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean trading everyone because you've got Chris Bryant in purple through 2028. He's obviously not going anywhere. Ryan McMahon, Freeland, Senzatella, all those guys you locked up in the offseason 
Herman Marquez, he's kind of a, in a mid-range deal. Uh, they have a club option for him in 2024. They could also sign him to an extension. He's still young enough where that makes sense. Elias Diaz still has two more years uh, after this one. Garrett Hampson, two more years before uh, he becomes a free agent after the 2024 season. And then you got Charlie Blackman, who's got one year left, but you understand. He probably wants to finish his career as a Rocky. He's got 10-5 rights, so even if the Rockies were to trade him, that would probably be very much insulting to him. He would just say no and go nowhere. And after that, everyone else is really up for grabs. You, you, right. Some guys are that are going to be free agents after the year. Other guys, I mean, look at the Cubs. Uh, they had a, a 28-year-old rookie in Zach Efros, traded him to the Yankees. Now you say, well, wait a minute. You still have... You still have him around for four or five years. He's not making a lot of money. Hold on to a guy like that. But the prospects that you end up getting back, even if they're not terribly exciting, will, again, help fortify the, the farm system, help uh, build a better player pool, and you can now give someone else that opportunity down in AAA and maybe get lightning in a bottle and go forward with that. So I'm very curious on your thoughts on on what you think should happen. I, either one of you, uh, if, if there's a particular player or just a general overall philosophy that the Rockies should try to tap into here and, and, and the cost of uh, the future of the franchise, if you don't do anything, if you just sit, right. sit still, you've got assets that when they become free agents at the end of the season, they're gone. You get nothing for them. But right now you have a window where you can get back something that sticks around in your organization for several years to come. Yeah, um, you know, I know as much as we like Iglesias, I love the idea of maybe getting something back for him and then maybe having Ezekiel Tovar come up maybe a little early. Who knows, you know? But, I, you know, I like the idea of that. I don't know how likely any of this is, but that's the one that I definitely have in mind as something I feel like the Rockies should do. Yeah, we talked about Grichik too. Kind of makes sense with just, you got to ask yourself what the timeline is, right? And And... Just when is it realistic that everything comes together? And is it realistic that player X is a part of that? And with the timing of how well he's playing right now, is the best value he could provide to the Rockies organization flipping at, flipping at a high value? And that could very well be the case. Even a guy like Bard, I know he has the extension now, so it's a bit different, but it's... And you want him to feel rewarded because we talked about him as a guy who actually appreciates being in Colorado, so you would want this to be something he wants for himself, but is he going to perform this well again at this point in his career every year around the trade deadline? Some contender needs another bullpen arm. Could it have made more sense to get him in a situation to win uh, and, and maybe start sort of kicking the can down the road a little further? But I definitely think just in general, like you could make a pro or con argument for all these guys, but it's just been too many years where the Rockies are resistant or hesitant to do this. And I, a part of me wants to admire it because I'm kind of tired of where we're at in baseball, where the goal is to draft a guy, develop him to the point where you can trade him for more prospects to develop the point where you can trade for more. Part of me appreciates a team saying, Hey, we're actually trying to play the game and win. Um, but there's, there's an element of futility to the Rockies thing that I think, the fans are maybe starting to feel. Yeah, last yeah. trade deadline, uh, also in San Diego. You remember Trevor Story uh, pulling himself out of the lineup, just just kind of not there emotionally, uh, mentally. I mean, Juan Soto's going through it right now. You know, he he's even said like, I kind of just want to get this over with. Like, right. all right, this is a thing that's going to happen. 
let's do it now rather than, okay, you know, I get a break for, for two months. I get to hang out in DC. This has been my home. Hey, great. But then it, it happens all again, all off season. So the deadline kind of almost forces you to make that decision. And, and that's, that can be a nice thing when you run out of options uh, in so many different ways. And so that happened last uh, trade deadline and you go, well, Bill Schmidt, he was only um, the interim general manager. And so kind of getting uh, his feet wet there a little bit, there was some consideration that maybe they were going to go outside of the organization to, to hire a candidate. So uh, all things said, you know, you can give the guy a pass, especially because he's been with the organization that long. Uh, didn't really have the keys to the car. It was a rental. Now, sure. now he's driving it right now. Now he's he's put a down payment on it. And it appears that he's going to be operating very similarly to uh, Jeff Breidich uh, in, in 2015 and 16. Dan O'Dowd, even before him in uh, 2012, 13 and 14, because between 2012 and 2015, the Rockies lost an average of 94 games. And they only made two trades at the deadline. One was for an infielder that got back Charlie Culberson. Okay, cool. But the other one was more just about dumping Troy Tulowitzki's contract. That trade didn't really work out great. Uh, gave gave them some depth, right? It did, it did something for them. Um, but that was more about dumping a contract. And, you know, had they traded some more players that were on expiring contracts, how much would that have impacted the 2017 and 2018 roster? How much would that have right. impacted the 2019 roster when on July 1st, they actually uh, were tied. They had a share of the final wildcard spot. And from there, the wheels uh, fell off. Maybe 2020, they are they are better. Maybe they don't have to play game 163 in 2018 right. and they win the NL West for the first time. Maybe Nolan Arenado wants to stay because now the team has made the postseason three out of four years, or maybe all four of those years that the window should have been wide open. And it wasn't because they did not leverage their expiring assets right. into something else for the future. And I really feel like that's what's at stake right now is, as you as Susie mentioned, Ezekiel Tovar, he's on the brink. Right now he's got a bit of a groin injury. So if he were healthy, you could just swap those two, you know, like one for one. Hey, good news, bad news. We traded Jose Iglesias, bummer. Good news is Tovar's starting at shortstop right away. Even if that doesn't happen now, that's still fine, right? You still know what the plans are. Uh, you still know Tovar is going to be there most likely uh, to start on opening day next year. But you've got him. You've got Veen. You've got Romo, Benny Montgomery, Gabriel Hughes and Sterling Thompson, the guys from the last draft class, Jordan Beck. All those guys are going to be here in a very short amount of time. Maybe three, four years doesn't seem to be short. But all those players that are on the longer-term deals, right. McMahon, Bryant, Freeland, Senzatella, all of those players will still be around in three, four years. So now you have this confluence of players on both ends of the spectrum. Who's in the middle? Who are, who are the guys that are also contributing to depth? Right. Those could be players that you acquire this year at the trade deadline to help fortify the farm system now and can contribute later on down the line. There's a lot at stake. By doing nothing. Patrick, did you maybe write a whole article about this? I think I did. And you can read it <laughs> for only 50 cents for your first month on the dnvr.com. I think it was a lot of more nuanced points than, than that, but that was some no, of that it. was good. Uh, in, that was good. Yeah. I think you want to feel like there's a plan and there's momentum to the plan. And so even if they do sort of take this approach of, well, we feel we're closer being competitive 
than maybe the average fan thinks, then you'd even still like to see some activity around the deadline along the lines of what Patrick outlined earlier, right? Uh, a, team, a, a trade that helps them win even next year or even this year if they feel like they're in contention. But what you want to feel like is, okay, like we can follow the plan. And sitting at home, we can see it, we can trace it, and we can judge the successes and the failures against that. Without one, it does feel a little bit more like, are they just going to tread water? Because it's it's been too long, I think, of treading water for, for a lot of the fan base. Well, I think, and again, we'll, we'll talk to Bud Black, we'll talk to Bill Schmidt uh, the next couple of days here. That could be the plan, unfortunately. And Now, they would not describe it as treading water, sure. but that very yeah. well could be the plan. And I think the frustration is, well, that plan didn't really work before. Or it could have worked, again, a lot better had you gotten something from a Justin Morneau, Nick Hundley, Drew Raphael Betancourt, because again, what you would have gotten back in in trades uh, for guys like that could have contributed very much in 2017 and 2018, or you'd have just had more trade chips to use at the deadline. So you could right. have added more players than just Jonathan Lucroy, Sung Wano, Drew Butera, guys like that. Uh, you, you could have had a lot more uh, more bites at the apple. And again, back to back postseasons, it was still better than than they've they've ever had before, uh, but they could have had the NL West, I think, in, in 2018, had they gone about things differently. Now it appears that they're okay with doing things uh, the way they did before. Maybe that's because they did go to the, the back-to-back postseasons. And you go, well, we don't want to totally revitalize or revamp everything, but you can still make that little bit of tweak. Right. We'll find out uh, more here in the next 24-plus uh, hours. I think it's going to be an exciting 24-something hours for baseball in general, I hope it's an exciting one for the Rockies too. Well, fingers crossed. Exciting you. for baseball. I'm a woman of words. <laughs> exciting for Rockies. We'll see. All right, we'll real see. quick though, predictions. Where do y'all think Juan Soto is going? The bell of the ball. San Diego. Uh, San Diego, or he stays. I think he's go. I think Dodgers. I'm going to predict Dodgers. Whoa. Oh, that would I would break my heart. I know. Yeah. Just... Well, the question is, who do you, who would you rather him go to? I think that that that's fascinating. I feel like you almost want him to go to the Dodgers because you'd be like, cool. Instead of 106 wins, you're going to win 145 games. Yeah. What's yeah. the difference? Yeah. No difference, right? I think I would rather see him go to the Padres just to make it a little more interesting. That would be because we're fun. in the basement, no matter what, right now. So yeah, I I think it's easier. For, like as it for an average baseball fan, if you take rivalries, division stuff out of it, to latch onto the Padres at this point than the Dodgers. It's been long enough for the Padres since they've really felt super relevant and cool and fun, and and keeping them in that space to me uh, is better than. I mean, like, what does the LA sports world get? Another like, congrats! Like everything goes your way. Sick. Must be cool. You know, I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't know. All all eyes on the NL West right now. Let's go. If Soto goes to the Padres, they're getting two big players. They're getting Soto and Fernando Tatis, who should be returning uh, at some point. At some point, yeah. So that would be huge. Giants might even be the worst because the Padres, you go, all right, we kind of see that they're, you know, they're still pretty good. They're got a couple kinks to work out, but overall, they're good. He goes to the Giants, that kind of now opens their window up a little bit. Now you've got three clubs in the NL West yeah, that, would be a that you know are, are really strong. 
Oh, oh, I've got heartburn now. That hurts. I like I like ending the show. I like ending the show on a woo. Like woo. Yeah. Woo! That was my fault. That was my fault. I invited this conversation into the podcast. Right. My let's, bad guys. Sorry on, for the bad vibes. Let's end it on one last bad dog pun for the Rockies. I've got one locked and loaded. Susie, gotta be thinking about it. I'll I'll go first. You think about it. Buy a stall, Brendan. You got it. You need another good one for me, Brendan Rogers. We know him as B Rod, but for Bark in the Park Night, he's B Ark. Oh, Jesus, Bark. No, if anything, B-Ark. it would be Bark Rod. That's okay. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, B Stick. Like a rod is like a stick and a dog fetches a stick. I think B arc oh. is nah. B arc plays so. <laughs> I think you're pushing it, Patrick. Um, I'm gonna come up with some dog puns. I'm not I don't have any on the spot right now. And again, I wanna end the show on a good note. <laughs> so we'll end it on B arc. Great call. Follow Perfect. us on Twitter. <laughs> right there. At DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter. And I am at the Susie Hunter on all platforms. And I am at Brendan Vogt on Twitter. We did it. We we got ourselves. We got the show in action. Thanks to Coco Montez for joining us. Our great producer, Marissa. Appreciate you doing that. Uh, so much momentum. But you know what they truly say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So they will talk to you tomorrow.